Hey everybody, welcome to Retromania Presents Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Uh, I'm part of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and I'm joined by... Jimmy Price? Yeah, and we're here, we're going to talk TakeOver, NXT TakeOver, and then preview the ROH Best in the World card. Yep, coming up in Charm City. Yes indeed, it's going to be in Baltimore January... It's going to be in Baltimore June 29th, and uh, myself, TJ, and Sean, uh, I think Alec and Gogs are going to be there as well. Awesome. So we'll have the results of the show. Um, Jimmy and I are going to run down the preview of the card. We're going to go over the results over NXT the last two weeks and uh, take over, and then we're going to talk a little about Bader. Yeah. The passing away of Leon White. R.I.P. Jinx, yo me a Coke. I said it first. All right. So uh, at NXT TakeOver 2, you enjoyed it? Loved it. Loved it. Uh, I was able to watch the whole thing start to finish uninterrupted, which is which is rare for me these days. Um, but, yeah, just such a, such a good show. Um, TakeOver's rarely disappoint. I mean, exactly. they, I never, think, they never do. I think we talked about it before with the guys. Um, it's it's it, Everyone gets better. Yeah. You know, there was only that one that kind of lacked. It was the London era when it was Finn and uh, Joe. Finn and Joe, yeah. yeah. They they had a couple matches that left a little bit to be desired. But, uh, yeah, no, they're this this new uh, era, no pun intended, of, uh, <laughs> you know, the guys that they've had, you know, uh, this year and going back to the middle part of last year is just probably, like, I would put it up against like the early days when you had KO and Sammy. Like, there's just so much talent. I think that there's probably more actual, more talent than there was back then, and the the stories are just as interesting. Um, so let's get into it. Let's run down the card, um, starting with uh, the undisputed era of Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong taking on Oni Lorcan and uh, Danny Birch. Yeah, um, one of the best tag team matches I've seen in a long time. I completely agree. I completely agree. They go 16 minutes here. Um, Undisputed Era is like, they're really kind of like riding on this like cool, like douchey heel persona right now. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love it. I mean, I love uh, Kyle O'Reilly doing the old guitar belt gimmick. Yeah. Um, They're just such, they seem like such assholes and it's, it's, it's really like kind of, kind of working for him it's wwe bullet club nwo version a little bit yeah you know yeah. uh but these guys have a little bit of um the indie striking and like wrestling to back them they're, exactly. they're like the um they're almost like uh shit what was the um he's the new version of paul Heyman's crew in wcw Oh, uh, the Dangerous Alliance? Yeah, they're yeah. like a Dangerous Alliance type deal. I could see that. You know, you got a yeah. striker, you got Roddy doing the back stuff, technician, yeah. as Adam Cole, the little show-off. Yeah. Um, and then you got uh, Bobby Fish as well as another striker submission specialist. Definitely. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good comparison. And um, I, I do like I do like Roddy in this spot. Um, he's He's picked himself up a bit i like him better as a heel yeah definitely i think he, he i mean he's good as a face in that like he is like a believable underdog and he has a good like backstory in real life and everything and you want to get behind him but i think like what what ended up what they ended up finding in, in pwg and ring of honor and is that he does work much better as a heel like he's he can just be such a you know 
be such a prick and like turn turn that up to eleven, um, and he can just make it work for him. So yeah, I'm glad he's he's finally getting in, getting to settle into that role because I think he works better that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else from the match? Just super hard hitting, um, and just you know a lot of you know just excellent timing on both sides, great false finishes. Um, you know, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch for for seemingly being kind of thrown together after a series of matches like. That seems to be, um, you know, a good way for teams to come about, um, and they're they're working very well together. I like their matching gear, uh, and uh, they're just they just beat the shit out of each other, and and yeah. kept the pace going. And it was uh, nonstop. Yeah, in this match for my money. I mean, this is you know maybe not the match of the night, but definitely exceeded my expectations. Stole the show a little bit, um, but yeah, undisputed era gets the win and. Uh, got some interesting stuff coming up with those tag titles from what I from what I hear but uh Really? Yeah. Spoiler yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. Yeah, we'll stay away from that, I guess. Um, cool. But yeah, so got a great match and then on to the next match which was the one that I think most people were looking forward to the most and that is uh Ricochet taking on Velveteen Dream. <sighs> what did you think of this one? Uh very impressive um just sequence after sequence non-stop another non-stop match yeah. it was hard to say that that tag match was non-stop and then all of a sudden try to follow it but they did, they did. um ricochet goes full speed i mean yeah. he, with his name but velveteen dream can counter as well and he's a high flyer himself some impressive stuff that we got into that match um I think I think it stole the show for me. Yeah, no, it was it was an amazing match. They got 22 minutes, um, and I think it was smart. I like the card placement too. Like when they put them on second, I was like, well, maybe we want to save this as like a, you know, in between, you know, the title, the women's title and the men's title. But I'm I think surprised it was, as well. It was smart, and I think it's because they knew they had high expectations for the tag match and they didn't want to put the women's title on and just have them, you know, kind of kill, kind of have to follow that. So, you know, you, you start it with killer and then you take it up a notch. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just the, the charisma of Velveteen dream and ricochet for that matter is off the charts. Um, did you, did you take note of the, uh, of the Hogan rock, uh, nod that they did? Yes, as yeah. well as the gear that Velveteen Dream was wearing was the Jaguar Prince Puma. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, w- it was pretty cool. Um, and and like I noticed right away that the, they did like the um, like the stare down was from Rock Hogan, and then like the uh, you know you know Dream was like doing the Hogan arm arm pats and everything, and like somebody pulled it up. They actually like the first like two minutes of that match. And I didn't realize it went that long. I thought it was just like the the opening, but like apparently the first two minutes like was all rock wow. Hogan, which is pretty cool. And like I'll have to watch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was a nice touch. Um, and so uh, Ricochet gets the win here. But Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, these the the sky is the limit for these two for sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's and their their feud going going on flash forwarding to the next two weeks of NXT that I've seen. Um, the feud is still kind of going on. The, these guys are talking back and forth, but what's going to happen? Yeah. Is it going to be another thing where these guys end up teaming? Cause they already kind of did against, um, Lars Sullivan in that handicap match, but That's it right. didn't work out. But ego 
is the is the thing in this match, yeah. which I love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, it seems like the type of match too where they they did they they put on a great match, but I feel like they kind of held some stuff back for 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 later matches. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm 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 excited to see more from those two. We could see a, a number two. Yeah. Um, moving on down the card, um, any anything else? What? Uh, so we had uh, next up, we had Nikki Cross taking on uh, Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Interesting, interesting matchup. I like uh, what they're doing with Nikki Cross and her kind of, you know, you know, wanting, you know, enjoying the pain and then playing up that whole aspect of her uh, of her craziness. I thought they they did a really good job of telling that story, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the finish. Yeah. Yeah. And the finish of her, you know, smiling before she drifts, drifts off to sleep was just uh, a great visual uh, I'm still, you know, I think the the jury is still kind of out on Shayna Baszler. Yeah, for I, me at least, I'm okay with her. I yeah. think I think leaps and bounds above some of the other people in the in the ring of NXT and even on the main roster for WWE. Yeah, um, yeah. just it's just a few key things that she's not gotten um, the grasp of, you know. But she'll she'll get there. Yeah. Um I definitely see a lot of potential. I just think people put it as looks and uh just yeah. coming off of the UFC vibe, but yeah. I think she carries herself well. She's a great bully heel. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's 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 great in that role. Um and the I, acting here she's better than um Ronda. Rune. Yeah, oh, yeah, and and Ronda. Yeah, yeah. I think she's actually better than Ronda all around, right, as of right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Ronda really impressed me on uh, at Money in the Bank. But we'll, now that's for another podcast. But um, yeah. Again, great finish. Perfectly wrapped up the story and, and a good match. I mean, it kind of yeah. gets lost in the shuffle when every other match on the show is you know you know you have like these these killer you know yeah you know classics but it was you know it was a really good match in its own right um what do you think's happening next i think what i think they might be going towards like a last woman standing that could be the first ever type deal i, I think they they might have done one with oscar and nikki okay on on an episode of nxt it might not have been last woman standing but they, they at least had like a, an extreme roles match or something but yes um, yeah, I, I, I do hope they continue the feud, and I think Nikki Cross is, is outstanding. Yeah, and we um, still have women coming up in the other ranks on the following episodes. Dakota Kai is still fighting. Bianca Belair is another yeah. one that's coming up, as well as the um, Lacey. Yeah, Evans. yeah. I, I haven't seen enough of her stuff to really, uh, you know, to know how I feel about her yet. It's an interesting. Her and Kyrie Sane have had a feud, and yeah. they've put on some decent matches. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, her her finisher is called the um, oh, fuck women's right. Okay, that's okay. pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see where we're going. Maybe we'll get a little bit of an influx. Maybe we'll get some signings coming out of the May Young Classic this year. Yeah, I would love to see Tony Storm make her way. Yeah, uh, into NXT. But yeah, well, they always find a way to uh, restock that that women's division, and so it'll be cool to see who uh, who will be on the rise. Yeah, and like you said, the May Young Classic is coming up again. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Definitely. Uh, next up, we had Aleister Black defending uh, his NXT championship against Lars Sullivan. Good big man battle. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I think they kept the pace going just like everybody else on this card. They did. They did. Um, and Lars Sullivan is, has improved by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. I was very unsure of him. Um, and I watched a couple of matches. I mean, I guess it's still it still needs to be, you know, we're we're still waiting to see. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, he's somebody who's been in NXT f- for years, like from okay. the beginning. I remember him. Um, popping up, and I forget who he used to be paired with, and I'm drawing a blank on it. But like in the early days, and then he kind of he was off TV for a while. But yeah, and this you know since he's been back on this year, I mean he had a good, very good performance in that killer ladder match in New Orleans, and uh, I think he was deserving of the title shot. And I think the match was great, except for that that one that one, one blown club. that yeah. one blown. Uh, black mass which was just you know it's it's you know it's unfortunate i try not to let it you know take you out of the match too much but it, it, it's hard not to when you see you know the, the miss first of all like i think if 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 sullivan would have thought a little bit quicker and like thought not to sell the miss and they just kind of had a standoff right then you know it, it would have been like it never happened it but alistair cool. slapped his thigh so hard that too yeah, yeah that he kind of had to sell it but yeah, it, it 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 was what it was. It takes away a little bit, but I mean, yeah. all, all I think in all, he made up for it with the other ones that he nailed. Oh, because yeah. there were some good ones throughout yeah. the match. Yeah, all in all, just a great match. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, I know that obviously, you know, with Champa and Gargano, there's going to be something going. There's going to be some involvement uh, with the NXT title. I hope that Alistair gets a chance to like really establish himself as champion and, and establish his reign as being in tone. I think this match was a step in the right direction, um, but I, he deserves to be more than just like the third man, just kind of holding onto the belt until eventually Ciampa or Gargano or both, you know, get the belt. Um, so hopefully he doesn't get lost in the shuffle there too much, but yeah, I, I think um, we still got a ways to go to the next takeover. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, they got a, they got a lot of story writing to do. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, all in all, really, really good match, uh, save that one flub. Um, and then it was on to our main event. Whew. Gargano and Champa in a Chicago street fight. Dude. Crazy. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Great match. Um, not sure, not sure for me if it was, because the first one, it was just the first, you know. Yeah. It was great. A knockout drag out match where you finish it off with the knee brace. Yeah. But this one so fucking creative to yeah, finish. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like the way the way they told the story here, it, it was it was it was incredible. I think, yeah, to your point, like the in terms of the in terms of the action might not have been quite on a par with the first one. But the the storytelling in this was just just perfect. Well, it's a street fight too, so less yeah. wrestling based maneuvers. And More when brawling. they did, yeah. and when they did hit the maneuvers, it was so fucking necessary and pivotal, changing for the tide of or the the tide of the match. Yeah, um, it it was crazy. It really was, and and to see the story of, you know, Champa taking Gargano to that breaking point, you know, going so far as to you know take the wedding ring off. And spit on it. Yeah. Like, God, so, such a heel. Such yeah. a heel. And I was rooting for him 150% because I fucking hate Johnny Gargano. We've Still talked about on, this. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Don't get me wrong. I, I respect I respect him as a performer. I love everything he does in the ring. I think he's outstanding. 
Uh, but there's just something about his face that I don't, I don't like, I don't like him. So, uh, so I, I I've always like, uh, rooted for Ciampa in this feud, even though he's just completely yeah. dastardly heel. But, um, to, yeah, for, but for him to, uh, take Gargano to that breaking point, um, and to see him kind of snap and, and bring, you know, bring Ciampa back to the ring and for that to be like, you know, what causes him to lose the match it's just it was amazing it was and great I, I had forgotten the match like i i thought it was over yeah, yeah you know um and i think that's what they they wanted you to do they took you out of that element and you're forgetting it's over but you feel like the, you feel like it's post match yeah, Ch- yeah champa didn't and yeah. suddenly that referee that was there yeah. is still you know he's revived by now he's back into the ring and he's like he does the shrug like bell never uh, rang yeah. He's like, okay, because Ciampa was like, fucking pin. Yeah. Like, and then one, two, three. Wow. And the yeah. crowd was like, you could see the reactions in the front row. Like, they're, the, those reactions are priceless. Yeah. The people are like, oh, my God, I forgot. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's great. This was like a me getting off the couch, like, excited, you know, marking out type of moment. Like, yep. this was, like, very, very cool. I was watching this uh, live. It was yeah. late uh, on the laptop in the room, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." It was crazy. It yeah. was crazy. Anytime, like, you can you can tell a story and you can pull those kind of strings. It's like, ah, oh, it was perfect. Yeah, perfect. And what's going to happen next? I think this goes on, but I think, like you said, I think it's got to play a. Um, um, they 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 need the title in there. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely where they seem to be headed with it. Um, you would think they would have to have another, you know, I think, I, honestly, if, if I, you know, I feel like one of them is going to end up with the belt and then the, the third and final match is going to be for the belt. Um, it's hard to say which one, probably. I mean, I guess the odds are it would go with Ciampa, but, you know, it's it's it'll be an interesting couple of months to get from here to Brooklyn. Yeah, um, because still there's a story with Alistair and Gargano as well. Those true. guys put on a hell of a match. Yeah, um, a couple times, twice, right? Yep. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, but once for the title. But man, jeez, uh, just great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of lot of talent right now, and it's just NXT is always always reliably outstanding. Stuff. Yeah, and it. I just. I'm never disappointed in an NXT show. Even their weekly shows are entertaining yeah. for me. Okay, it's Gaijin Wrestling Radio for a reason because Gaijins are in New Japan. There's Gaijins to us that are in ROH and NXT that are actually being focused on. Yeah. Not just turned into an exploitive you know, uh, position in WWE. Yeah. So yeah. I, I respect that and I respect other cultures. So I think these three companies do those well. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that kind of connects them too is that minus Kyrie saying, sorry, (laughs) the, the thing that kind of connects them too is, is that, that strong style type Mm -hmm. of type of vibe that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, NXT is maybe more of like a, you know, fast paced indie. This show reminded me a lot of a PWG show, especially that, that tag match was, was very reminiscent of PWG, but yeah, it's, it's that, that cutting edge of like, you know, where wrestling is and it's right in line with what new Japan is doing. So that, that, that definitely, uh, I definitely see NXT fitting into the theme of, uh, of Gadget radio here. Yes, definitely. 
Yeah, so speaking of the you know this this the indie style vibe and um NXT, the originator of it for I guess most was ROH, right? Yes. So yeah. I figure why not have this show be a, a focal point of the podcast as well. So their their shows are easy to follow and yeah. I I'm getting I'm going to get the Honor Club which has different shows on there as well. Um which is going to be good. Uh, for this as well as for me to enjoy yeah. some actual good wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the card coming up, best in the world. Yeah. It's going to be at UMBC. That's right. Yeah. June 29th coming up. Yep. Friday. You, you and the Molehole boys are going to be there. I, I would be there, but I'm, uh, you know, expecting. Your uh, own baby watch. We almost yeah. had a scare earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we had to take a break. We were uh, recording Hulkmania is dead just now. And I thought, I thought it was go time. Last night was looking like it might have been go time, but it's definitely going to be any day now. So uh, I'm excited. You know, the birth of my son is is coming up any day now. So I couldn't, you know, couldn't really plan on making it out to uh, best in the world. But you guys are going to be there. You'll be uh, there in spirit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting time for for many reasons. Yeah, we're going to be there live and we're going to be seeing a lot of great matches. The opening match, or at least what we have available to see on the card. Yep. Jay Lethal against Kushida. Ooh. Wow. What yeah. a great uh, technician versus technician. Hell yeah. Um, both former R- ROH TV champions. That's right. Um, also, Jay Lethal, dual champion. One of my favorite periods of ROH wrestling was yeah. when he had the, the, the TV title and the, the world title. Yeah, his, his reign was outstanding. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he, he challenged Kushida, which is awesome. Um, this is going to be a great little match because, you know, ROH and New Japan, they have, they have an agreement, a working agreement and everybody usually with ROH and New Japan, the guys have dual contracts, which Mm -hmm. is sweet. So they're, they've, they've enabled a way to have both of these, um, companies work together. And I think it really works well. I thought to myself, oh no, but. Yeah, it does work well. It and does. they rely on the New Japan talent, but so does New Japan for the ROH guys. Yeah, because yeah. they're you know the all the Gaijins are ROH signed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely become I think increasingly you know more of a mutual thing. I think I remember when they first they first signed the agreement, um, and it was very one sided. Um, in terms of like you know the, they would have a couple shows a year, and the New Japan guys would would all show up and go over. Um, but now it seems like there's more that working relationship is a little bit deeper and a little bit more, you know, mutually um, balanced, I guess. Yeah. All right. So who you got for this one, Jimmy? Uh, you know, for an opener, Kushida is not holding the uh, junior title right now. No. Right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'll, I'll say lethal. I'm going to say lethal will get a win here. I'm going to say lethal as well. I think he needs to solidify his spot back in um, ROH. He's been the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually, you know, lost that spot uh, to Marty Skrull, where Marty Skrull has put himself in a position after that victory over yeah. Jay Lethal. Yeah. So, <clears throat> moving on, Sumi Sakai, Jenny Rose, Mayu Iwatani, and Tennille Dashwood versus Kelly Klein, Hazuki, Kajutiti, and Hana Kimura. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, the Women of Honor. Little four on four tag match. Um, I haven't really followed the women's stuff. Really, Tennille Dashwood is the one that they're trying to push as well. 
Yeah. Because we know her as, as, as Emma. As they should, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with that, the face team yeah, running I'm, there. I'm team Emma. Yeah. Team Emmalina. Yeah. Um, moving right along, Flip Gordon versus Bully Ray. So this Ooh. came into place because Bully Ray put himself as the enforcer. Yeah. And then he started bullying people. And then he started wrestling again. Yeah. Uh, so now he's been punishing Flip Gordon. So Flip Gordon's going to stand up to the big guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I like I like the storytelling of this. Like you know the then not only like the size difference, but the uh, the difference of experience, obviously. Um, and Bully taking on that role. Uh, I I would you know I don't know. You've been you you. I would think that if the feud. <sighs> If this is going to be it, I think they're going to continue to build Flip. He's he's sort of a big deal, so I think you know Flip's probably going to go. I think he has to steal a victory over yeah. Bully Ray. Yeah, either that or Bully wins and the feud kind of continues. Because yeah. I, I see this culminating. A lot of these cards are going to be going towards the G one special, right? Um, uh, and building towards the um the ROH cruise because they're going to televise that. Oh, as, they are. Oh, there's oh. going to be, there's got to be, because there's going to have, RO, I think it's ROH TV taping that's going to be done on the cruise. On the cruise? Oh, cool. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't, don't quote me on that, yeah. but if, if, I were, if I were a betting man, I would bet that they would do that. Yeah. Um, and then also they're going to build this stuff for All In, because All In is essentially an ROH show. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely argue that. Yeah. And unfortunately, ROH... Uh, they said that they were going to do Madison Square Garden. They got dicked out. Yeah, yeah, I read about that. That's unfortunate. Yeah, man. Because I would, I would love. It would be really cool to see them on that stage, especially, you know, after you know years of running, you know, the Hammerstein right across the street to see them ascend to that level. And I think they could probably pull it off, but unfortunately, it looks like they won't get the chance. Yeah, yeah, cock blocked. So, uh, so we're going with. Uh, Flip Gordon on that. Yeah. All right. Next match, Hangman Adam Page against Punishment Martinez. And I believe Punishment Martinez just picked up the ROH television title. So uh, they didn't announce that this would be for the title yet. I'm not sure what's going to happen. ROH is on a TV delay tape, you know, so their TV and promo stuff kind of have to play catch up with each other. Right, right. It's one of the issues that I kind of have with the company, but I still follow. It's easy to watch. Um, I, I'd say Adam Page has to win here to pick himself up because I, I think they're going for a Cody, Marty, and Adam kind of feud as well to break, right. to break, to bring more attention into the Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I got to be honest, I'm, you know, I'm going to show how out of the loop I am. I have yet to watch a Punishment Martinez match. What, what's your opinion on him? I like him. Yeah. Um, I, I think his promos are okay, and it's, it's just. It needs to be uh, some of the some of the aesthetics that they were going for was a little cheesy. Yeah. Um, but in ring, the guy can do like high flying moves, flips, somersaults. Um, he's like a big he's a big dude too. Yeah. But he's yeah. he's got he reminds me of Roman Reigns in a way. Mm-hmm. But uh, Roman Reigns has a has a uh, got. Um, Got Invisalign, I guess. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I'll say. Like, push, it 
a lot of people are hit and miss on punishment of Martinez mm-hmm. as, as well as Adam Page. True. So I think this is a match where these guys got to do business well. Yeah. And I yeah. think I think it will be done. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool to see them go in there and kind of prove a lot of people wrong because I, I I am a you know from what I've seen of uh, Hangman Page he's he's definitely uh, definitely a talent. For yeah. Sure. I think so too. I think he is a more athletic. Um, like he takes a lot of stuff from Stan Hansen. Yeah. Um. It, even the buckshot lariat, that move, you know, it's a it's an overhead flip over the top rope into a lariat. It's pretty fucking unique. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Um. So I'd say Adam Page needs this victory here, but we'll see. Yeah. ROH six man tag team championship, the Kingdom. Ugh. Ugh. That's Vinny Marcella, uh, TKO Ryan, and uh, your favorite. Your boy, Matt Taven, the champions defending against Evil, Sonata, and Bushi, Los Ingobernables de Japón. Yeah. Unfortunate unfortunate that they don't have anything better for uh, for, uh, the uh, Los Ingobernables, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Los ingobernables de home. Los ingobernables. Uh, it's unfortunate they don't have anything better for that. I'm not a. I hate Matt Taven. He's he's like he he falls into the same category as like Mojo Rally for yeah. me. Like n- not like in ring style, but just in terms of like I don't want to fucking. My like, favorite. I don't want to watch you do anything. Yeah, the only thing I'll take away from the kingdom is TKO Ryan. Yeah, he's like a. Um, He's a very talented dude. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't take anything away from him in the ring. He needs a little bit more, uh, a year or two on him. Yeah. And he's he's next top prospect. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks like a leaner, smaller, but I mean, still still a tall guy, but um, jacked version of like big cast with more ring like awareness. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely get um, him away from the fucking void of matt taven yes please they'll suck everything away (laughs) his facial expressions are great when they do their promos too um all right roh world tag team championship i can't believe we're gonna see this live the briscoes defending against the young bucks two of the greatest tag teams of this generation or any other yeah and Um, i'm I'm wondering what's gonna happen here because the young bucks just picked up the iwgp heavyweight tag team championships yeah so could they win the roh tag team championships i mean that could you know it's a situation where i guess you know if the uh if page versus uh martinez is for the television title you know bullet club could be walking out of here with all the belts that's what i'm thinking they're going yeah. for yeah um, so it's going to be a hard hitting match. I would pick the Young Bucks to go over the Briscoes. Yeah, I could see it going either way, but I think definitely momentum wise, building towards all in. I think yeah, yeah, it would be smart to put the the belts on the Bucks right now. Then they have two titles. Yeah, and it's even bigger. Yep. Um, okay, then the last match: ROH World Championship. Dalton Castle defends against Cody and Marty Skrull. I. It's it's I from like I'm you know like I said I'm I'm sort of on the outside I haven't been following the product closely but do you feel like they've sort of telegraphed the finish to this um, by way of having the situation with Cody and uh, Nick Aldis for the NWA title because I think Nick Aldis 
has already challenged Cody to, uh, you know, I'll put my title on the line, but if you're the Ring of Honor champion, you have to put your belt on the line. Okay, even more to that, the G1 special, which is coming up in, like, the next two weeks, Mm -hmm. uh, July 7th, actually, to be exact, Cody and Kenny for the IWGP championship makes it even more special if Cody has a belt or two. Yeah. When's the Nick Aldis match? That's it all in. That's Cody's big match for all in as he's and it's a cool story because he's going for the NWA title and his dad and everything. Um all the history that goes along with that. Um but yeah, they've already proposed a title for title match. So what if they it's a big swerve and Marty wins? Could be. And then you got that some got some heat dissension. Between, yeah. That that would be that would be the the probably the best way to tell that story. Because Marty's been like the homegrown thing that they want to do at ROH for the last two or three years. Yeah, and then have Cody come in, and um, uh, it's 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 going to be an interesting one. But for me, it's it's great that I'm going to be seeing like Cody live. And y- you're right that that NWA thing is is tied in there mm-hmm. at all in. So this could be the writing on the wall. Yeah. Either way, it's the writing on the wall for Dalton Castle's reign. Yeah. I don't see him retaining. No, I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening either. And it's, un- I mean, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's had the belt since final battle, right? So, I mean, he had a nice, nice long run there, but it seems like the momentum that he had when he was, you know, I, I like I saw him live. Uh, I went to a TV taping a few years ago when he was just starting out and like the, you know, he was just so over and it was such a like new and fresh thing, you know, with him and the boys and everything. It seems like that may have like his momentum may have run its course a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, just from the outside looking in. No, but, no, no. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, so we'll see what happens and what unfolds and we'll have the results. Maybe I'll bring a recorder with us to UMBC. Kayfabe, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll have the results picked up for um, the next episode of Gaijin Wrestling Radio. We'll have um, live results of the ROH Best in the World. Yep. Yep. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. When's the last time you've been to a, a wrestling show? 15 years. That's crazy. It's been 15 years since I've been oh, to man. a wrestling you're gonna, show. You're going to have a fucking blast, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited. It's it's going to, uh, like, UMBC th- uh, arena is the basketball arena. It's, yeah. it's a little more closed quarters. We got good seats. We're, like, mid, mid-level yeah. TV side, too. Nice. So nice. Uh, it's cool. I'll make sure I bring a sign or something. Yeah. Retromania or Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Yeah. Hell yeah. So that's where the basketball team plays, right? Yes, I oh, believe cool. so. Yeah, cool. I went to the see, Retrievers. Yeah, I oh. saw my first concert there. I went to see when I was thirteen. I went to see the Strokes and Kings of Leon and Regina Spector. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So that's cool that they're they're running there. Yeah. yeah, I saw like ten years ago. I saw Brand New, the band there. Nice. Um, it was hot. Yeah, yeah. I remember, Fucking hot. Yeah. But I hope, like we said, I hope they've uh, renovated and. Added some AC there for the Airbuds. Yeah, yeah. The Airbud. That's <laughs> Airbud got a new career. He's HVAC. That's right. And roofing. Airbud HVAC and, and roofing. roofing. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So last last thing before we go, let's let's talk about we. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about 
Leon White, Big Van Vader. Yes. One of the greatest gaijin wrestlers uh, for Japan and one of the greatest big mastodon motherfuckers. Big, like, he's the epitome of the big man for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a super heavyweight who has been more adept and more athletic um, in terms of his, you know, his in-ring capabilities. And I mean, John Tenta in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get to see that too much because his opponents, you know, it's WWF stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, man, John Tenta is a guy who, like, if they would have let him, like, sort of, like, you know, unleashed him from the, like, the formulaic squash matches that he was having, you know, he's a guy who could really go. And I need to go back and watch some of his old Japan stuff, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, Vader, it's, it's sad. I mean, it was a situation uh, where he was, you know, had uh, congenitive heart failure, I believe. Um, and he knew uh, a couple of years ago they gave him two years to live, and he sadly didn't even make it make it that far. I think it was eighteen months ago when he found out. Yeah. Um, so he's somebody who had a lot of a lot of pain at the end, and it's sad to see him go. Um, but what a career! What a yeah. career and what a legacy he left behind. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine, um, nineteen eighty eight era. He becomes the first American IW. GP heavyweight champion. Yeah. So American born, like the actual champion before they had the tournaments. Mm-hmm. So this is actually, he beats three guys in one night in the tournament. Um, it's awesome. And uh, he's, he's, you know, the big Van Vader. And it was a choice between him and another guy, the ultimate warrior. Oh yeah, I did. I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah. And, and they, he got picked up by the WWF. So, Imagine Ultimate Warrior being big, big Van Vader. I, yeah, I don't. I can't. With a mask. I can't see it. Like, and, and just knowing, like, I can't imagine it would have been Warrior. Yeah, I can't imagine Warrior lasting long in Japan. You know, he, with yeah. with the kind of the type of personality he was, and like the way that you know the premium that is put on respect. Yeah, in that locker room, I I don't see that flying well. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Leon, he he did. He was also one of the first guys to ever hold the triple crown championship um as well as holding the iwgp title um you know so a first yeah um there would be plenty after but this guy was you know a a big huge name and of course wcw buys him up turns him into a huge name there but that feud between him and sting made Sting, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the the first, you know, obviously the first one for Sting was Flair in that match, but in between, like, but it kind of got sidetracked. Cause, it did because, because of the Flair, knee injury, yeah, and then Flair left for for uh, WWF, and in that time, like these two just built this feud, and those are the matches I've been I've been going back and watching this week. Um, are the ones in the early nineties with Sting and Vader, um, the strat match that they had. Yep. Um, was was epic the the match at uh, Great American Bash uh, so many so many great great encounters between those two. You, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because you had asked me when you first got here. Is like, have you ever seen the White Castle of Fear? From- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I, best thing. Ever. I had never seen it, and then I educated myself on that yesterday. Just so. Maybe oh, I'll play some audio. Yeah, just over the, over the top and like look like. Hornswoggle's uncle <laughs> you know, was in there with the eye patch and 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 all like the. Yeah. It was just it, it was just over ridiculous, the top. Uh, but it was so so funny. Um, 
but uh, to that point, there is uh, they uh, finally have the collection. There's a Vader collection on the WWE Network now. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's out there and available. I was watching some of that yesterday. Uh, there's an early um, AWA Stan Hansen versus Leon Baby Bull versus Leon Baby Bull. Yeah, so that's cool to go back and see. And Stan Hansen, another guy. Holy yeah. shit, those two. I mean, the and inf- the match in 1990. Um, yeah. Apparently, that's the match that got him hired by WCW. Jim yeah. Ross saw the match where his eye got popped out by Stan Hansen, a bloody brawl, you know, real shoot uh, fist cuffs. Yeah. Um, and basically, Jim Ross said, hey, pal, you, you want to you work here, pal? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was it. I mean, goddamn, any guy who's going to go out there and pop his eye back in and just continue the match like that, you want them on your team. Yeah. For sure. And even like, all right, so... He does the stuff in WCW. He's got the feud with Bulldog and then Hogan. Yeah. Ugh, that kind of ruined him. It did. And you could tell, you know, he, this was like, you know, one of the reasons he got so frustrated with WCW is, is having, you know, having these matches with Hogan where he's just not, Hogan's not giving back at all. That was actually know? my first introduction to Vader. Um, yeah. Watching WCW around 95, 94, 95, I yep. believe. Um, when Hogan had just came in, I was, and I told you, I was, I thought WCW was another WWF like owned entity. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. Oh, Hawk's just on a different roster thing or yeah, I don't know. He's yeah. on, you know, red band, blue brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was my first introduction and he was like a big heel for Hogan to conquer. And of course I'm dumb at the time. So I'm like, yeah, like. Hulk Hogan's going to get his ass kicked and he overcomes Vader and no sells the Vader bomb. Yeah. And... That's like the big thing with, with me and with a lot of people is the no, no selling the Vader bomb that never, never should have happened. Um, to kick out of it's one thing, but to, to completely no sell it is quite another. Yeah. And then they tried to turn Vader face towards the end and it just wasn't, it just wasn't working. No. Um, the, the Vader and Flair match from Starcade 93, you ever seen that? Yes. And yeah. it was supposed to be Vader and Sid. Could you imagine that match? Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't have been like nearly as well remembered. I'm sure. Like I, I would love to see it still though. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting cause it's one of those matches that like it, it just never worked out. They tried to do it in WCW. They tried to do it later on WWF. in WWF and something would always happen. Yeah. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a good match, but I mean, Flair, Flair Invader is one of one of my favorite matches for sure. Yeah, and that solidified Flair as like one of the greatest of all time, coming back as a face. Yeah, you yeah, know, it was the big homecoming, and yeah, it was it was a great moment. It was great the match. greatest moment of his life <laughs> of that year. Of that year, yeah. Going Sorry. going back to '92. Yeah. <laughs> so then Vader goes on to WWF. Um, yeah. And we know what happened there. It came in like a monster. Yeah. But got squashed by a little fucking prissy motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. We talked about this a lot uh, in season one of Retromania um, as Vader kept popping up and never really regained steam in 1997 after that, you know, after that SummerSlam match with Sean. Um, but there's a lot of weird stuff with him from the outset. I, I didn't realize I was listening to. Uh, something to wrestle with about Vader. Um, and they talked about how when he was, when he first showed up, he was actually doing jobs for ultimate warrior 
even in 96 on house shows, mind you. But yeah, like and was, they were trying to gear up for a big feud with him and Yokozuna. Yeah. It, that got turned into a six man tag because mm-hmm. they didn't have faith in it. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a lot of weird stuff. And it's unfortunate that, that Sean didn't want to work with him because I think if they would have stuck to that, you know, they, if they stick to that initial story. They have that trilogy of matches. You get like a, pay-per-view main event in December that ended up being Sid versus Brett that could have been Vader versus Brett. Um, those two, you know, never really had that big match. Yeah, they, they, they had, had a raw, couple, but yeah. A couple of Raw matches, but never had that big match that I think really could have, uh, you know, gone down in the and same. And Brett says that. Yeah. He says, I wish I would have worked with, like, a monster like Vader. He yeah. could have done those things. Yeah. And they just, I don't think they just viewed him as, as that because of what they saw with the Hogan stuff. Yeah. Vince is short-sighted with that. Absolutely. With that. Um, and it may be the snugness in the ring. Maybe he didn't get along with the guys coming in, being from a different roster. It could be a lot of those elements. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's it's heartbreaking to, for me now. It's like, man, what could have been? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of injuries and stuff that, that came into play as well, too. There was just, it was just unfortunate timing. The big break he got was when he was busted open in the final four, and they were like, man, Vader is taking a beating. Yeah. And that was about it, and it was fizzled out shortly after that. Yeah, yeah, kind of a sad ending with a, you know, I'm just a big piece of shit, big fat piece of shit promo. (sighs) That that, that was sad. But, you know, he he gets out of there. He he has a couple more good years in Japan. Fucking Uh, very good few years in Japan, almost till 2003. Um, and running that running that um, reign again as the uh, triple crown, triple crown champion for all Japan. Yeah, and then going to Noah and being yeah. the guy there. Awesome, awesome stuff from the guy. What is your most fondest match and memory of Vader? Do you think? Uh, for me, in terms of fondness, looking back, I think it, I think it has probably has to go back to uh, that in your house final four that we just mentioned. Um, and, and, and I, like, I, I vividly remember like his, his debut and him, you know, attacking gorilla monsoon and how shocking that yeah. was. That, that, that was probably the, the memory that sticks out the most for me with Vader. Um, and I'm a big boy meets world Mark too. So that, you know, his, his recurring role on there was, you know, was, I think, I think that's what also latched me on as a child to Vader yeah. as well. I knew he was a villain, but it was also. He was a guy that yeah. was um, a good. He played a good character in that show. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they could have marketed something off of that, but instead he's a fat piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate on that end, but fond memories for me definitely. I like the Sean match isn't great, but I still go back to that match sometimes. Um, and now that I'm older, I found you know when daily motion came on and then the network, I started watching all the sting matches and Mm -hmm. in love with a lot of that stuff that he does there. Even the British bulldog stuff isn't bad. Yeah. Um, but definitely his, his greatest thing in WWF was that final four. Yeah. Um, he was just a beast in that match. Yeah. It was an amazing match and he really, you know, really, really stood out there. Um, and I've also found out like a lot of stuff, um, through through now the advent of New Japan World, um, matches that I can go back to to see Big Van Vader, like him winning the IWGP tournament. Yeah, it's great stuff, and he's he's a 
he's a quick boy then. Yeah. And he's even more ferocious than he appears in WCW and WWF. It's a great reign for him and run that he does there. Um, definitely recommend anybody to go back and watch matches from Vader from 88 to like 93. Yeah. Um, yeah, for great sure. stuff. Yeah. Those, those were huge. Those were, that was probably truly his prime yeah. prime, prime of his career there. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. Uh, it's the saddest, I mean, not the saddest thing about this, but you know, something that's really sad is that they didn't get around to putting him in the hall of fame. Right. Yet, and you know, it just goes to show, like you know, maybe they they they'll take a lesson in this, like these guys, you know, that deserve to be there, that they keep putting off, like you know, they're not going to be around forever. And, yeah, they picked it up with Bruno, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, they should have, they should have, and and like he knew he didn't have long. Everybody knew he didn't have long left. They they should have, they should have gotten him in. Yeah, the hall. I, I thought yeah. there was something like a petition where people were. Um, I thought there was a petition where people were actually gain him for it this past year for yeah. him yeah but. it should have happened it didn't um it's unfortunate i did something that popped up um on, on one of my feeds was uh when he came back in 2012 and wrestled Heath later oh yeah that so at least he had like he had like a nice feel-good moment there and yeah like got a huge pop um i remember watching a legends that, moment yeah i remember watching that live and this was like during the string where Heath slater was calling out legends he had a match with sid mm-hmm. in this run too uh <laughs> Which is crazy, but yeah, he had a you know, Invader came out there and looked looked great. Um, so he had a nice little moment there, but again, should have made it in the Hall of Fame. But you know, it doesn't take anything away from his legacy. It just hurts, you know, hurts the Hall of Fame more than anything else. Yeah, definitely. But um, <clears throat> I definitely recommend going to see the Stan Hansen match yep. from 1990. Yep. Um, the if you can watch any of the matches with him in the IWGP tournament, um, 1989, um, 88, I'm sorry, one of those years, mm. but yeah, um, definitely a big time for him then. Um, I, sorry, I definitely would see the boy meets world stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a fun, like nostalgia for like, especially the show, like it, is based around wrestling yeah. for that episode. Yeah, it's it's really cool stuff. Yeah, really cool like early on worlds colliding. <laughs> yeah. As as uh, you know, especially coming up in our generation for sure. It was it was awesome. Yes, indeed. That's the uh biggest crossover event in my history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys, um guys and gaijins and guy ladies and, and <laughs> lin jins. Lin- Slim Jims? Slim Jims. All right. All right, Slim Jims. Slim Jims and Lin Jims. Uh, for Jimmy Price and myself, we're out of here. You can catch Retromania, Hulkamania is Dead, Season 2, Episode 4. That'll be dropping on July the 6th. That's right. Be ready for that. Look out for that. We're booking WrestleMania 2. Ooh, It's yeah. hap- happening again. Yeah, and keep up with Molehole Radio, Movie the Podcast, The Inept Super Villains. They just recorded an episode this weekend. Kai June is still going on at uh, Movie the Podcast. And uh, also, June 29th, Best in the World, will be there. Uh, I'm going to do some coverage. We'll have some results. And then the following week, we'll catch you up with some more Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, guys.